Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. From WBEZ Chicago, this is Nerdette. I'm Greta Johnson. We did it. We made it to another weekend. Coming up, we will hear from the youngest American woman to summit Mount Everest. I don't need to summit. Like, that's not, that shouldn't be the ultimate goal. Just like pushing, pushing yourself, pushing your limits. That's really like what I try to do. But first, let's shake off the week that was with two excellent humans. With us this week, we have cultural critic Kristen Meinzer and comedian Jolenta Greenberg. They are the co-hosts of the podcast by the book and the new Audible original podcast, Romance Road Test. Kristen, Jolenta, hello. Hi. Hi. Okay, so let's start with the Emmys. The TV award nominations came out this week. HBO did very well. They got award nods for Euphoria, Succession. Barry, The White Lotus, Hacks, among many other shows. Um, The three most nominated shows were Succession and The White Lotus and Ted Lasso, probably unsurprisingly. Abbott Elementary also got a lot, which I thought was really exciting, especially for a first season show as excellent as Abbott Elementary is. Um, Kristen, what are you excited about that got some recognition this week? Oh, well, I'm excited that Hacks was nominated as much Mm -hmm. as it was. Um, I also was happy that Hamesh Patel from Station Mm -hmm. Eleven got a nomination. Um, That show was not perfect by any means, but he was so wonderful in that show. Um, So I was really glad to see that. And I was also really happy to see Made uh, was nominated Mm. for Best Limited Series. I I just devoured all of that. I thought, oh, feels like homework. I should watch this show about, you know, domestic Mm. violence. Mm. But it really had me on the edge of my seat the entire time. And it was so well written, so well acted, so well paced. I loved Maid. So I I was really happy about all of those. Interesting. What do you think, Jolenta? Did you have any particular favorites that you were excited got some credit? I do have some favorites. I'm glad you mentioned Abbott Elementary because Mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan of Janelle James and she got nominated Mm -hmm. for her role. And I just love that we're seeing people being nominated for being like big and funny and not and not like little cookie cutters and I've Mm -hmm. just I've been a fan of Janelle since like I started doing comedy around New York she is one of the nicest like comedians and it's just so exciting to see like people who do great work by being themselves and like being big and loud like getting acknowledged. So Jolenta when it comes to stuff that maybe didn't get the credit it deserved. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are really surprised that Reservation Dogs didn't get anything. I was pretty shocked by that. Was there anything that you kind of wished had gotten more attention than it seems to have, at least in terms of nominations? Um, yes. And I'm going to I'm going to go a little wild and talk about reality TV. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
I truly, and I mean, as trashy as some might think it is, I wish there was some acknowledgement of either the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, the ones that are dealing with actual legal drama, because it is fascinating to watch it unfold through the lens of these women whose lives are being turned upside down and just watch how it gets navigated that along with like other cultural issues that are popping up like these shows are really focusing on some like larger cultural themes and I wish more people would like give it a little peek interesting so if you could like what would the what would the award be for like best legal drama best (laughs) legal reality (laughs) drama I mean yeah I guess like best I wish best there was lawsuit like, reaction face. Yeah, best like yeah, best you know FBI raid arrest in a parking lot. Um, <laughs> no, I just I don't know how it would get acknowledged, but it's just we're starting to acknowledge reality TV. So I think you know, and I feel like crime and true crime is becoming such a genre mm, that I think like true. why not like look at how these stories are are being told and like. Like the way it's being told uh, through these Real Housewives shows is super interesting. It's fascinating to think of Real Housewives as true crime. I mean, I guess you're not wrong. (laughs) Like these recent seasons are like they are filming while, you know, Jen Shaw and Salt Lake, like uh, Homeland Security, FBI, like all sort of swoop in on this van where the cast is going to go on a cast trip. Like, it's wild. That is wild. That reminds me of a conversation I had with a friend about Cheer when the second season came out. Oh, yeah. And mm. and they were like, oh, you're describing reality TV. And I was like, no, no, no. Like, the person with a journalism master's degree has to insist this is a documentary. But it's mm. like, where where is the line, actually? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? And I guess what's the, the actual category is uh, unstructured reality program. <laughs> I mean, that tracks, I guess. It is very unstructured feeling. That's also how I refer to my own life, you know? Yeah, wait. (laughs) Okay, so also this week, NASA released photos from the James Webb Space Telescope. This is the largest space observatory in human history. It is taking gorgeous, high-def pictures of distant galaxies. For the most part, people in my timeline seem just like super enthusiastic about this. They're Mm -hmm. thrilled to see these gorgeous images. I mean, the images are beautiful, Um, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of people kind of, you know, this is putting everything into perspective and how small I am and how beautiful that really is. I feel like for me personally, I'm a little more torn. Like, I don't know. Is this a sorely needed celebration of discovery or is this a high def distraction from the fact that the world is on fire? (laughs) Mm. I, you know, I feel like both of these things can be true and maybe that's the answer. But I don't know. What do you think, Jolanta? Um, Well, I (laughs) like... I truly had my fingers crossed for, like, some aliens right off the bat. I'm going to be totally honest. I The state of the world has got me, like, just sort of banking on, like, maybe something from out of this world will come help save us. And I was sort of hoping, like, maybe this is, this is how we're going to announce it. Be like, look at these beautiful pictures. Also, look at that one. And I mean, like, I feel like, you know... Yeah, it's it's partially a distraction where it's like, here's Hubble, here's Webb, like, look at how much mm-hmm. cooler Webb is. But also, like, we are learning super cool things. Like, I don't, yes. I'm, I'm not sure if this is an acronym, I think it is, 
W-A-S-P, uh, 96B, or WASP is what I was calling it in my head, mm. which is like a planet that's outside of our solar system that has a water signature and also like mm. clouds and stuff in the atmosphere. And like, that's a big deal that there's water in the atmosphere mm-hmm. and like on a planet that is super far away, an exoplanet, like that's a big deal. Like we are learning big deal things, but also like we might need to be looking inward to look at some of our issues right now and not <laughs> like know? out as far as we can to like the right. beginning of time. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of like an alien photo bomb. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> I like fully watched like the, the announcement with the president and vice president. And I was oh, like, amazing. I want to know what happened. Cause they really quickly were like, here are the first photos. And now the press has to leave and we're going to continue the briefing. <laughs> And I was like, oh, just want to be a fly on that wall. <laughs> That's amazing. Kristen, what's your take on it? Are you, like, super excited space nerd about this kind of thing? Oh, I'm so amped about this. I mean, I was one of those people who was amped also about the Hubble telescope when it mm-hmm. went up, you know? Um, and what we got from the Hubble now just seems like a joke compared to this. These images are so mind-blowingly vivid. It's amazing. Um, it, it, it's just shocking. It's essentially, like, looking at pictures from 1.5 billion years ago also because you know how Mm -hmm. light years work Mm -hmm. like we're essentially looking at images from back in time and to me that's amazing i and one thing i'm afraid of just to go back to what jolenta was saying about like oh is there life on other planets if you're on another planet and you're alive please hide right now protect yourselves um because I, I just, yeah, Earthlings, we're not being the best versions of ourselves right now. Mm-hmm. That being said, one thing I do love about this project is that it encourages Earthlings to be more collaborative with each other, the people who are working mm-hmm. on this project. It's a joint project between mm-hmm. uh, the European space team, the Canadian one, and uh, NASA. But then on top of that, it's collaborative with all humans on the Earth because we're all allowed to put in a request. Will you zoom in on this? Will you investigate that? And so in a way, it's really trying to tap into our collective curiosity mm-hmm. and um, and our collective spirit of just, you know, wanting to discover, wanting to work with each other. And yeah. so I think that's really beautiful, even if, you know, it could also be argued we have bigger fish to fry than to look at pictures from, you know, 1.5 billion light years away. Well, and I think to your point, too, you know, curiosity is one of those things where, you know, I think if more people embraced it, we'd probably be a lot better off, you know. Oh, yeah. If we asked more questions instead of dictated so much, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that would help all of us. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) I like it. So the French novelist Marcel Proust's birthday was last weekend, which got me thinking about the Proust questionnaire. This is like a list of questions that Proust didn't actually invent, but apparently he kind of helped popularize them. It's essentially like a late 1800s Myers-Briggs, if you will. (laughs) Um, I think some of these questions are super charming. There's like, what do you consider to be the most overrated virtue? What's your idea of perfect happiness? If you were to die and come back as a person or thing, what would it be? I just think they're really fun. Um, I sent, I shared the list with both of you ahead of time. Do you have a favorite on that list? What do you think, Kristen? Oh, yeah. I I love the overrated virtue one that you just mentioned. Right? <laughs> Part, one, one thing I really love about that is um, I don't want to say like... Um, I'm a, you know, I, I, I'm 
judgmental or mean or whatnot, mm-hmm. but go on. Um, maybe I am a little <laughs> bit judgmental. Maybe I'm a little bit mean, and maybe it's fun to make fun of. Like, we don't need to be all perfect all the time. Mm. And some of these things that are supposedly what make us better, maybe those things don't actually make us better. So, can I just tell you how much I like cheese and gluttony? <laughs> and it's just. And and maybe it's just fun to talk with people about, like, I like being slutty. So what? You know? You do too? Great. Sit next to me. Um, I love So I, I think that's really fun. It's fun and it allows us to let loose. It allows us to laugh at ourselves and maybe laugh at some of the constraints that society puts on us as humans and how some of those expectations are malarkey. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the idea of like the other side of the overrated virtue coin is totally the favorite sin coin. And that's really yes. fun. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jolenta, do you have a favorite getting to know question that you like in general? Like my friend Betsy loves, it's like, if you could be any, or if you were any salad green, what would you be? Which I think is a really fun one because, I mean, there are a lot of different greens out there, right? (laughs) But I don't know. Is there – do you have kind of a go-to like that that you use out in the world, Jolenta? I mean, mine's pretty simple. I just like to know what people are watching and I feel mm-hmm. like that's usually an in somehow into like something they're interested in, curious about, something you may totally. have in common, something yeah. you might want to know more about. And like it helps sort of open that door. But it's not as clever as like I would be arugula. Like that's way cooler. <laughs> yeah. A little, a little bitter, you know, yeah. but I don't still know fresh. if I actually would be, but like. <laughs> Amazing. What do you think, Kristen? I really like that, you know, just like what's the last book you read that you really liked? I think that's yeah. an easy in. Oh, that's a good mm. one too. But um, I usually just ask people, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh, and, that's beautiful. Um, that way, like sometimes I find like if I'm asking for like, favorite books or favorite movies or favorite TV shows, which I get asked those a lot because I'm a culture critic. Mm. I, I just spend way too long thinking like, well, that was my favorite book like last year, but what about the most recent book that I read mm-hmm. or whatever? Well, and how can I reverse engineer my answer to convey being interesting in a very specific mm. sort of way, yeah. depending on who I'm talking to? Yeah, all of that. And then I end up in a tailspin and then I forget what the question was. So <laughs> I try to ask people questions usually that um, – get to something that puts a smile on their own face, Mm. puts them in a good mood, opens them up to uh, talking a little bit about themselves and um, something that is open-ended. So that's why I ask about like, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Because it really can be anything, you know? Yeah. Um, They don't really have to like do a complete inventory of every second of every minute of every day of the last week before they come up with an answer. You know, they often just say, you know what? Something happened to me on the way here. I met this nice dog on the street. And I'm like, oh, my God, meeting dogs is the best, isn't it? Tell me more about that dog. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, the best thing can be anything. And um, it it can be a lot of fun. It can be really goofy. um, And it can get to a really good story about, you know, where they're at in life, at their job, in their relationship with their friends and whatnot. Well, and it's still so much more interesting than what do you do or where did you go to college or oh, so, boring. so many of those, those questions are so know, boring. Like, <laughs> yeah, let's break that wide open. Okay. So in yeah. that spirit, I think before I let you go, Jolanta, what's the best thing that happened to you this week? Oh, the best thing that happened to me this week was, um, oh, on a few days ago, 
we celebrated my dog's birthday. It's just like the day he saw the vet when he got like brought into like whatever shelter he was brought into. Um, but we celebrated anyway, and he made these homemade peanut butter bacon biscuits and oh. giving those treats to my dog, watching him lose his mind because he thinks he's having like the most decadent people food like made for him, like still warm from the oven. Like it was the highlight of my week for sure. Just like watching his joy in scarfing that down. Cutest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> That's so sweet. What do you think, Kristen? Um, well, the easy answer is being here with you and Jolenta. Oh, this is love it. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> um, and it's true. This is such a fantastic um, moment in my week. But in addition to that, last night it started to rain, and I turned to my husband and I said, do you want to um, go out and get a pina colada? And he's like, yeah, I want to be caught in the rain with you. And so... We went out, and the uh, there's this little bar in our neighborhood, and we sat outside in the rain, and the server brought us out pina coladas and then started singing the song to us. So it was everything we wanted it to be, and um, cheesy... And funny, and who doesn't love, you know, a little bit of rain with the dramatic sky? It was beautiful. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Kristen, Jolenta, thank you both so much. This was such a delight. Thank, thank you. you. In just a minute, we're going to hear from a teenager who climbed Mount Everest. How awesome is that? Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Max, and listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. Our next guest is a total badass. I just recently summited Mount Everest and with that became the set the world record as the youngest American woman to summit Everest. Her name is Lucy Westlake and she grew up outside Chicago. I'm 18. I turned 18 in November. So 18 and a half technically. So I'm sure you're familiar with that quote from George Mallory who said the reason he climbed Everest was because it was there. Um, but I'm curious, like, why, why the hell did you do that, Lucy? It can't be, like, easy. It can't always be fun, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. There's some points where it's definitely, I definitely question why I'm up there. <laughs> um, but I just am drawn, like, to the mountains. I can't stay away. Every time mm-hmm. I'm away for too long, I'm like, oh, I need to be back. Like, it just, when I'm up there, I'm, I'm like, mo- the most me, you know? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's really, like, where I feel free. Um, but Everest, like I, I do kind of need that like deeper motivation too, because after, after Denali, my first time I went, I went when I was 13, we took 21 days on the mountain and then didn't summit because it was an accident. It was really tough. Cause I was like, wow, like this could happen on any mountain. There's so many uncontrollable things. Even if 
I like do my best. I feel physically fine. It can still go all wrong. And that's where I kind of found a deeper motivation that I like, I don't need to summit. Like that's not, that shouldn't be the ultimate goal. Hmm. Just like pushing, pushing yourself, pushing your limits. That's really like what I try to do. Probably like the one thing I don't like about them is that it's really like kind of an exclusive community. It's like very male dominated Mm. and like you just, it's just a stereotype where you have to be big and buff because you have to carry these like heavy backpacks up. But I just hope to set an example that you really don't. Like if I can do it, I'm like, I'm pretty small. Like I'm like not even five, four, like I can climb (laughs) these mountains. I can carry up my backpack. So I hope that seeing me up there will inspire other people to like, to really like chase their dreams if they love the mountains, no matter what anyone thinks. So can you tell us about the moment when you like made it to the top of Everest? What was that like? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's crazy. It's like, it's really indescribable, but it, it was just so beautiful. Like the sun had risen about an hour before and there was just like really low clouds. So there was just these beautiful big peaks, like snow covered peaks all around every single way, just like sticking out of these, like towering over these clouds. Wow. So kind of like when you're looking from the plane and you see that, right? Like when you're above the clouds, that's so crazy. Yeah. A plane is definitely like the best kind of comparison because you are like really, you're about the same height as a plane. Wow. Oh my God. That's so crazy. So this is maybe a stupid question, but like when you summit, like how long do you hang out up there before you're like, all right, well, let's, let's head back down then, you know? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. Cause sometimes like, I mean, you work for, it took us 25 days to get up there. Right. You want to spend a little time at the summit. You don't want to just like, Oh, okay. Made it. Okay. You time for lunch. Down. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, we spent about like 20, 25 minutes up there. That was like, I thought like a good amount of time because we got there pretty early. Like we were one of the first ones to summit. So we, that allowed us to kind of t- take more time up there. And I, I think we were like behind more in the crowd it would have been a little bit more crowded and other hmm. people would have want to get to the top and stuff so so it was great that's crazy and how cold is it up there definitely below zero i'm not positive exactly what the temperature was sure. but with the wind oh, oh my goodness sometimes the wind like almost knocked me off my feet like i would like stumble because oh my of it gosh. Wow. yeah it's really strong wow so yeah tell us about your sherpa what was he like oh he was the sweetest so his name was mingma And, um, he was just like the most patient, like soft-spoken, sweetest person ever. He was a monk for eight years before he started climbing. We were like telepathic by the end, almost like (laughs) you like work so much together. You climb so much that like, you just like know what the other person, like you learn their body language, you learn a lot about them. So yeah, it was amazing. The only thing, the only thing that he didn't do was play, like my dad, my dad was my client like I've climbed every other mountain with him and we always play cards in the tent and Bingwa did not play cards with me my only regret <laughs> so what do you eat on a trip like is it just like beef jerky for days <laughs> oh oh god I would die no I I'm not a fan of beef jerky but that that's a classic mountain food and I just can't I can't eat it but um okay Everest is actually so different from any other mountain I've been on because there's so it's so like like there's so many people up there that hmm. it's really a lot of infrastructure. So at base camp, they literally had a chef. 
like oh that would God. cook three meals a day and they were good meals like it was you ate well at base camp i was not losing any weight up there <laughs> um, then at camp three and four that's when you carry your own stuff you carry your own food and make your own food so all you can do up there you bring a little stove and you melt snow for water and then you can boil that that water um, so that's like the only way of cooking you have. Mm -hmm. So there's these things called freeze dried meals and I have them for dinner um, where you literally just pour in water and it's like dehydrated food and it rehydrates it and makes it into like a meal. And there's actually some really good ones out there. Like huh. I, I really enjoy some of them. Interesting. So like you're about to start your freshman year of college, like I don't know. I guess I'm extra fascinated given that you've already had all of these crazy adventures in the 18 years that you've been alive. Like, I don't know. Are you excited for school? Are you nervous? Oh, I'm so excited. Like beyond excited. I'm going to be running there. So I'm starting cross country in the fall and I'll be doing track in the spring. I'll never stop climbing. I know that. Like, I, I just can't stay away from the mountains. Um, But like, I know it'll be a little bit more difficult with college sport. Like, I and I really want to be like to stay true to my commitment to sure. my college sport like I I committed to four years and I want to like I want to dive really into that and just commit myself to that but I'm trying to do the Explorers Grand Slam which is climbing to the highest mountain in each continent and then also going to the North and South Pole so I, with Everest I've done five of the seven so I'm I'm working towards that goal because I want to try to break the record as the youngest person to do it so that person is 20. So we'll see if uh, hopefully that happens. Um, but after that, I, I'm not positive. I kind of like to focus on one goal at a time, but I have kind of in the back of my mind, maybe doing like the 14 peaks over 8,000 meters. I know a lot of people are doing that right now. And that would be, I mean, that's kind of, I feel like the ultimate like challenge, like those are those are the biggest mountains in the world. And I've already done Everest. One checked off. <laughs> so 13 more. I don't know. We'll see. Well, I'm so excited to see what's next for you, Lucy. Thank you so much for chatting with me about it. And congratulations, girl. Oh, thank you. You're really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it for this week. Thanks, as always, for listening along. Did you know we have a newsletter? I think it's pretty fun. It comes out every Friday morning. Anna and I both put links to stuff we're into, recipes, books, TV shows, wildlife news. It's really a pretty great variety of things. And you can sign up for it if you go to wbez.org slash nerdetteaf. That newsletter is built by Maggie Civet. The show is produced by me and Anna Bauman, and Brendan Banazak is our executive producer. All right, we will see you next week. Nerdette is supported by the Sympathizer podcast from HBO. Join host Philip Nguyen in conversation with the cast, crew, and author Viet Thanh Nguyen as they discuss the making of this historic HBO original limited series. Stream new episodes of HBO's The Sympathizer Sundays exclusively on Macs. And listen to The Sympathizer podcast wherever you listen to podcasts.